What's up, people? Welcome back to the BCMA Podcast. That's the Black Clover Martial Arts Podcast. It's your boy, Lucky from Lucky's Muay Thai. This is episode number 34. In this episode, we're going to talk about my fighter that fought in the smoker last week. We're also going to talk about Jackie Buntan's one championship debut against Wonder Girl Fairtex. Um, let's talk about that UFC that just passed with the three main card fights that were all interesting in their own way. Uh, we'll talk about the gym remodel. And then we'll also touch base. Last but not least, I went to jujitsu class. It's been a while. And holy crap that I learned some shit since I've been away. Alright, so let's talk about uh, my fighter Philip that Philippe that um had his first smoker. First of all, the event was cool. Um it was inside a gym. It was actually Master Luis Fernandez's gym. Who has a fascinating story? That gym was his since or his master's gym, and when his master passed away, he took it over. And they take care of man a ton of kids. They have like you know sixty kids in the program. They have a bunch of like foster kids, and they're doing these smokers to try to raise money because during COVID they lost you know a lot of their ability to make uh, ends meet, and they're even looking for other places they might have to move to. But look, if you are on Instagram, go check out Master Luis Fernandez. Um, I'll put his Instagram right there. And maybe you can help out, drop a donation this way, or maybe help them in some other way. Uh, they do a really good job for the community. And these smokers that he's putting on uh, just help raise money to further that, um, that calling, if you will. Because he's actually out there doing it every day um, while some people just like to talk about it. So... Uh, shout out to him. But anyway, he put on this great event and, you know, it's one thing to watch people in the gym when they first walk in and not have any real sense of how maybe their body works or, you know, their ability to understand certain things is not great. But after a certain amount of time, you see them progress. And then if you have the, the wonderful opportunity to see them compete, it's like, I, I can't even explain it. It's just a beautiful thing to watch somebody grow and do something that maybe they thought they would never be able to do or would never be a part of their life. Or, you know, they watched it on TV and they've always liked it, but never thought they would be able to, to do it, even on a, just a regular, uh, I'm going to work out type of level. Um, but he did really well. He did a lot of the techniques and things that we work on in the gym a lot of countering techniques, a lot of, you know, skipping in and footwork stuff. And this was his first uh, chance at being able to express those things. So for me, you know, as a coach, I was super impressed. And we have more fights coming up. We're fighting in Daytona. But it's always wonderful as a coach to watch the things that you've been working on and trying to instill actually come to fruition. So shout out to him, uh, Philippe for putting it down and shout out to again master Luis fernandez for putting on that wonderful smoker i hope he does a ton more and i hope they raise enough money to make sure that all the kids are taken care of and like i said hit him up on instagram and maybe go on there and um you know drop him a donation okay so jackie Buntan, who is training partners with janet todd under coach brian popejoy um at boxing works had her one debut against Wonder Girl Fairtex, who has been sort of, you know, 
one of these um, setting things on fire type of, you know, fighters that are promoting like she's the next big thing, which she clearly has skills. But um, Jackie Buntan went out there and just put on a clinic. I don't remember what round the knockdown was in, but she face planted Wonder Girl and maybe it was the first round, could have been first or second round. And to her credit, listen, Wonder Girl Fairtex got up and she continued to fight even though there was really nothing there for her um, strength-wise to even be able to output, to give any damage really to Jackie Buntan. And furthermore, the footwork got better as the fight went along. And once Jackie Buntan started to have fun, I mean, it was all over but the crying, uh, so to speak. So shout out to them, Brian Pope, Joy, Janita, Jackie Buntan, her um, debut at one championship. And that fight card was monstrous, man. Raw Tank fought on that fight card. Giorgio Petrosian fought on that fight card. I think there was somebody else too that was really good on that fight card. I don't even remember, but Superlek fought on that fight card. He lost, but he still fought on that fight. It was a fantastic fight card, man. Listen, everybody's got whatever they want to say about it, but UFC is a fantastic organization. You know, Glory's a fantastic organization. If you like watching fights, uh, you know, even Bellator has good fights. Like there's good fights out there. One has great fights and they offer you MMA, kickboxing, Muay Thai. And you know, it's just dope, man. I'm not, you know, they're not paying me. I just like the combat sports. And to me, they have one of the best shows around. I don't know what their payment scales and all that stuff is, but I definitely enjoy their fights and the way they format everything. And the production value is dope. So um, definitely, definitely, definitely enjoyed that fight and that whole fight card. Um, man, look, the women better watch out because uh, they got trouble on their hands. All right. Um, if you're looking to come by Lucky's Muay Thai and learn Muay Thai, now's a good time. We just did a great remodel where we knocked down an office and added a couple hundred square feet. We don't know if we're going to go back to having 18 or 20 people in a class or whatever we were doing before, but we definitely have room now for as many people as we'd like to fit in. So if you are interested in learning Muay Thai, trying Muay Thai out, uh, if you're in the Miami area and you want to give it a go, then just give us a shout at Lucky's Muay Thai on Instagram or www.luckysmt.com. Drop us a line there. We'll set you up with a trial class so you can come by and audit and check it out and see if you like it. Also, you can stop by and grab one of these dope-ass Lucky's Muay Thai t-shirts. T-shirts. Um, these t-shirts were printed by uh, members of the band Torch, sort of. Uh, they own a print shop, uh, Printsmith305. Make sure to check them out if you want dope-ass printing on your shirts. Also, um, if you've never heard the band Torch, then you should go listen to them because, I don't know, the shit rocks. Um, again, if you want to check out the gym, hit us up www.luckysmt.com or hit us up at Lucky's Muay Thai on Instagram and also cop one of these dope ass t-shirts. What the hell was Peter Yan thinking? Who knows? It's not even relevant. The only relevant thing that needs to happen now is a rematch. It doesn't matter what he thinks. It doesn't matter what Al Jermaine thinks. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. Because the reality is they were having a fight and it wasn't over. It looked like Peter Yan was winning. 
but the fight wasn't over. Did it end? Yeah, he illegally kneed him in the face, Aljamain Sterling in the face, so the fight ended. Did Aljamain submit, beat on points, or knock out Peter Yang? No. Did Peter Yang do that to Aljamain Sterling? Did not happen. So what's there to discuss? There was an illegal thing that happened. The belt exchanged, exchanged hands. And now they just have to fight again. If it was an eye poke with these gloves on, with your fingers out like this, if it was an eye poke and the same thing happened, the same conversation would be necessary. When is the rematch? Because that's all that really matters. Illegal techniques, whether they accidental or on purpose, um, even just for that moment, they caused the fight to end, especially a fight like this where it definitely was action-packed, regardless of what I might think or anybody else might think of the judging or scoring. Um, it needs to just happen again. So all the critics of this person or that person or believe this or believe that, they can criticize for sure. But we all know the real deal is like in two to three months, we need to see it again. Because ultimately, nobody's going to have a real idea of who the champ is legitimately, like from winning the fight. Um, until that happens. It's not a knock on Algermain. He was, he was still fighting. It's just a knock on the fact that nobody actually won the fight from knockout submission or on judges points. That's how I feel about it. As far as Amanda Nunez is concerned, I don't know, dude. Like, what are we talking about? She fights at 135, 145. Her only competition in the UFC seems to be Valentina Shevchenko and that's at 135. And I don't know if Valentina beats her 10 times in a row, if they'll ever give her the belt anyway. Because it just doesn't seem that way. She could have re rematched Cyborg, but clearly that's not going to happen. She's gone. Captain Gano was hanging around. She had some issues, but I think she's now back, but she's gone. I mean, we could see Holly Holm again, but why at 145 for what? Jermaine Duran to me, but why? I just... I don't know if there's anybody left at 145 for her to fight, at least in the UFC. Get rid of the division, I guess. And then really push the 135 and then add an atom weight division. Like, this is all simple things that everybody should just be like, yo, women's divisions need this and this. And let's move on with it. Instead of, you know, she's a beast. But instead of just concentrating, this has been, I think, women's MMA problems from the beginning, at least for the UFC. It's concentrating all the efforts on one, maybe two stars. Clearly, or, or leaders of the division, clearly they need more people out there that they can put their media behind, their media uh, locomotive behind to push the women's divisions. They need some heels. They need some, some you know, you know, wrestling people, women, they need like, you know, Muay Thai women, they need all of these women that they can put um, their marketing machine behind because otherwise, you know, what are we doing? I don't know. I just, I, I just know there's more talent out there somehow, some way. It's just not being cultivated or brought to the attention of the UFC or they just don't want it. All right. Israel Adesanya versus Jan Blachowicz. Um, Israel decided to go for that double champ signature, double belts up on the K, you know, all that. Um, 
And listen, he did a great job, but size matters. Yan was a little bit too big. Um, even when his punches weren't great, they still made Israel's head snap back. Israel, to his credit, I mean, he's tough as nails. He handled it all. I didn't, I thought he was going to handle the wrestling a little bit better when it came time for that. But I think maybe because it came so late and the, and the way, um, Yan was grabbing him in sort of a body lock, double underhooks. It just worked out the right way. He, he, whatever, whoever game planned that or just had it in their mind that this was what they were going to do. They did a phenomenal job of sticking to the game plan. Have you ever hear that before? Stick to the game plan. Yo, he never swayed from that at all. Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. So you can't stand up anymore. Maybe he's a little tired now. I'm going to take him down. And I'm going to hold him down. And I'm just going to basically smother him. And that's what he did. And it wasn't really, to me, it wasn't a close fight. I know the judges, there's some 10-8s. I don't know. I don't think Israel took enough damage for 10-8s. But maybe they felt he was being controlled so much, so long that, you know, it didn't warrant him a 10-9. I have no idea. But do I think he'll be champ champ at some point one day? It's possible. Um, fighting John Jones, also possible. But size, man, he, this guy, Israel Adesanya is super lean. And I think in order to be able to fight some of these bigger guys, he's going to have to put on not a ton of weight, but maybe a little bit. A little bit more um, to be able to not just handle the punches because he seemed like he did that pretty well. But it seems like he might need a little bit more so that his strikes have a little more potency to them. Because it wasn't like he wasn't landing. They just weren't doing as much damage as I'm sure he would have liked. Anyway, that was that UFC. It was a little bit crazy. Hope you liked it. All right, so I went back to jujitsu um, yesterday. First time I'd gone to a class, and I don't even know how long. Um, I'd been looking around places. I'd been trying to see where I could go that fits into my schedule. You know, I love training with my sensei, but, like, my schedule didn't match, and it was kind of far from where I'm at up at the gym. Um, but somehow I have one day that I can make something happen, so I decided that's what I'm going to do. So I went down to see him, uh, Sensei Jorge Pereira, a coral belt um, under Hicks and Gracie. He grew up in the old times. I uh, tell stories all the time about gym storming, etc. cetera. Uh, one of the reasons that I really love going to his jujitsu class. I feel like I've heard this argument too recently on a few podcasts that jujitsu is starting to go the way of karate and taekwondo in that not that it's becoming watered down as much as it's becoming commercialized so um people can have a jiu-jitsu a martial arts gym where they never actually do any contact or um any competition or you know there's no way of really knowing what level your skill is at uh, in those situations but anyway I love training with him because of that, because I know I'm going to get a lot of real conversation, a lot of history, which to me is everything because I know where things come from. I know why uh, he's hard about things the way he is. Um, and I know some gyms just don't offer that. You don't have the ability. You know, a lot of black belts now are pretty young. 
They're black belt under a black belt um, in the U.S. Their ties to, you know, some of the stories and the historical standpoints of jiu-jitsu, uh, Gracie jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu in the old times of like Vale Tudo, um, those things get lost and sort of swept away, I think, in some ways. And so anyway, that's why I love going there. But um, I learned something. I learned that I wish I would have started earlier and that my jiu-jitsu is still okay. Um, when I got there, it was great. I got to meet a couple of guys. I ran into Bernard, who was one of my you know main rolling buddies um, when I was there often. And he's a purple belt now. He's a really good dude. And since they starts out, he tells us, you know, we're doing a... Um, no gi training, so just, you know, take the kimono off. We're going to do no gi because these guys, some of these guys are getting ready for a no gi tournament. So we go through a couple of no gi techniques. We go through um, some leg locks, a couple of different things. And I'm thinking, all right, we're going to do some, you know, escape back mount, you know, pass the guard. You know, I'm just, in my mind, it's my first day back. I just want to drill, try to have some fun. Um, good to see everyone. You know, I needed to touch something. I hadn't done anything like it in a while, and I needed it really badly, just an outlet. Uh, so Sensei sits everybody down after all the techniques and walkthroughs, and he calls up this kid. Now, I saw there was a couple of young guys, three young guys, one maybe 13 or 14, and two that were about 15 years old. So he calls over one 15-year-old, which when we were doing drills, I was working with a, a couple of the other couple of young guys. I never even really noticed him. I was watching Sensei on the other side of the room and working on the drills that uh, he had put us to do. So he calls up a blue belt and he sets them up three minutes for the match. And they start. I'm looking at this blue belt guy who is probably my size, 185-ish. And this 15-year-old kid is exactly what a 15-year-old kid would look like if you read him in a, in a, in a book, right? Scrawny 15-year-old kid with, you know, I don't know, a haircut. I don't know what to say about him other than he was looked scrawny at 15. But I will say this about him. He was going after everything. I mean, he was going after guillotines and baseball bat chokes and leg locks and... He was a spider monkey all over this dude. <laughs> the dog. Um, and I think he submitted him like two or three times, maybe four. I don't even know. I think it ended with... I think it ended with the blue belt falling uh, and hitting his, his face in a guillotine on the floor. I mean, on the mat. I'm looking at Bernard. I keep looking at Bernard. I'm like, yo, man, this kid. He's like, I know. I'm like, all right. I'm just going to keep watching. So... They called the next guy at, I don't remember if there was three or two, but Bernard went up and I'm thinking, all right, Bernard's purple belt. He's kind of a big guy too, but his skill's pretty good. I used to roll with him all the time. I know where he was when he was blue belt. I mean, clearly he's a purple belt now. He's got to have, you know, way better skills. And he does. But this kid is doing every uh, Insta YouTubing, TikToking move you can think of, you know, if there's a neck, he's going for the neck, he's going for the arm, he's going for the ankle, he's going for the, he's just all over the place, and Bernard's defending, 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 defending the, the entire time, it was, it was kind of nuts, to be honest, I'm thinking, yo, who is this kid, he must have wrestled in school, he must have done something, 
because look, I mean, he's just, he's, he's, you know, everybody's got him. All the bigger guys that are there have him by 60 pounds easy. They finish their, their round. He's resting. Sensei says, okay, luck, you go. I'm like, what? And I hear Bernard say, don't be scared. Now, I don't know who he's talking to, but I have to assume he's talking to me because I'm like, I haven't rolled in forever, especially not competitively rolled, and especially not all of this, whatever this is. Um, so I get up there and I wait and I decide to do something opposite of what everybody else did. I was, first of all, I was horrified. And... I decided to be patient. I know that it's a three-minute round. He's going for these subs. He's trying to hit all these submissions. He's just, I'm not going to play. I'm 48. I'm not playing that game. I, I'm not going to be able to beat him with speed. I'm going to make a mistake and stick my arm out, my head out. I'm going to do something that is not necessary. So what I tried to use was a little bit of veteranship, right? I tried to, I'm going to stay low so he can't shoot a double on me. Right, I feel like I'm strong enough, big enough that if he did get that low, I'd be able to sprawl. I'm going to keep my hand out in front of his face, touching his head, his head, making him try to reach. I'm going to break his grip every time he tries to grab me. I'm going to grab his wrist. So all in all, that worked out to my favor as I was able to, you know, I mean, I was able to get a couple submissions, whatever. But positioning and controlling him to me was the key to everything. And that's what it goes back to the jujitsu that... uh Sensei George teaches, and that is old school, you know, hard style, Gracie Jiu Jitsu. I'm using pressure. I'm using good tech, good uh, technique when I'm, when I'm inside control. I'm not allowing him the space to wriggle, 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 take my back like a monkey, put his hooks in, go for my arm, go for my neck, hit baseball back choke. We're doing no gi. He's like 15. I'm like, after it was over, I said, yo, so you wrestle in school or what? He's like, nah, George Pereira wrestling. I'm like, how long have you been training with, training with Sensei? He's like three years. So he must've come like right after I kind of left. I'm like, yo, you've been only training three years and just with, with George? And then it really dawned on me that, yes, he was getting all of the fantastic things that we all get. Um... But he was also taking those things, all the traditional things, and he was merging them with all the things he was getting on. He's getting on what I'm assuming is YouTube and Instagram and TikTok and whatever he watches to catch his new. Because he was doing some high level, what would be considered high level movements and things like that, that I think he probably got a lot of that from watching videos because it was just, it was a lot. So look, I enjoyed it. I'm going to try to go every Monday. I'm back, but I learned I'm not young and spry. Um, I haven't trained in a while, but I know my jujitsu is still good and good enough to, to at least control on that day, yesterday, a freaking badass 15-year-old kid. And I think most of it was just, yo, I'm not letting this kid go. He's going to kill me. And I think that's probably um, sometimes one of the things that younger jiu-jitsu players might or even fighters in general might um not recognize and that is that when you become a veteran or of any sport like this or any any combat sport you have little things that you do that can help you survive and get through uh sparrings or matches or confrontations even whatever the case may be 
And one of the things that I did was not try to play some new school Barambolo game where I'm spinning around and trying to take. No, I'm going to take you down. I'm going to pass. I'm going to get side control and I'm going to try to submit you or I'm going to take mount, try to take your back, take your arm, take your neck that way. Slow and controlled the best way possible. And I'm hopefully going to wear you out while I'm doing it. And man, y'all, I can't wait to get tapped by this kid a few times because I'm going to learn a lot. Anyway, um, do hard shit, you know, do hard shit. Yo, so Sensei was a legend, legitimately. Um, they even have a show about him, Real Heroes, on, on like Fox Premium in Brazil. Um, so it's interesting anytime I get to go there. And Jiu-Jitsu is still fucking hard. And Jorge Pereira's Jiu-Jitsu is still freaking hard. And I love it. I love it all. But as Michael Jordan might say, Yo, if you like the show, make sure you hit that subscribe button, keep the like, tell a friend. Um, I have more videos coming, more podcast stuff coming. If you want to check out the gym, you already know the deal, www.luckysmt.com. Get a fly shirt, come join the gym. Uh, fight's coming up in Daytona on Crew Dom's show. I'm looking forward to that. Um, if you guys want to drop me a comment below, I would love it. You want to drop me a message, do so. I will be back next week. Peace. We out. Yo, and I am going to jiu-jitsu even though I'm going to die. I'm a